Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, Russell Westbrook has found a new old home. According to Adrian uh, Wojnarowski and other reporters over the course of the day, Russell Westbrook has agreed to a buyout or is going to be waived or whatever by the Utah Jazz, and he will uh, eventually sign with the Los Angeles Clippers whenever uh, he clears waivers. So he will go right across the hall, and the Lakers will again see Russ on April 5th, uh, when when the, on, on the last time that the two teams will meet this season, with quite a bit probably on the line. I don't want to get into the whole relitigation of the Russell Westbrook era. Honestly, it's best, I think, if everybody just kind of moves on. But um, as it pertains to what this means for the Lakers moving forward, I think it helps them. Vegas agrees. Uh, the odds for the Clippers... Uh, coming, you know, getting out of the Western Conference, winning a championship, all, all of that stuff, winning the division, all went down after it was reported that Russell Westbrook is going to be a Los Angeles Clipper. Uh, shortly after the reports came out, it was said by multiple reports that the Clippers envision Westbrook as a starting point guard. All righty. <laughs> Uh, we saw what that looked like with the Lakers. Now, obviously, it's a very different roster. There's a there's more shooting um, with the Clippers right now than there was when Russell Westbrook was a Laker. Uh, I think his fit with Paul George and with Kawhi Leonard is a little bit easier or better than it will be or than it was with LeBron, where LeBron really needs to have the ball in his hands, and both Kawhi and Paul George can be slightly lower usage type players. Um, but you still have like the one difference here. You don't have Anthony Davis as a last line of defense for when Russ just goes Rover or just stops playing defense. Uh, so that is going to make things a little tricky there. The, the shooting that we talk about there. Now there are lineups that the Clippers can put together that has a little bit more shooting, but if you have Russ out there and you're starting Zubots, remember they also picked up a Plumlee. Uh, if, they, if they're going to be playing a traditional center next to Russ, then, uh, and Paul George is a floor spacer. He's a good three-point shooter. Kawhi, not necessarily as much of a floor spacer. That's not really how he's perceived. So you really have to have an elite shooter in there at the shooting guard spot. And you do have uh, Eric Gordon. I think this is where they might miss uh, Luke Kennard. But they, they, they'll have some options. Bones Heinlein is a pretty good shooter. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's not the best fit. I don't think there is a best fit. But, like, for all of the talk of, like, you know, there's a way that this could work, and we're going to talk about that here in a second, I just don't really see it. And, and also, the Clippers have 20-ish games to figure this out. And if they're going to be starting Russ, I would imagine, for a handful of games here to see what this looks like, uh, that means that they have to figure it out really quickly if it doesn't work out. And this is a, a, late, a Clippers team that hasn't been, you know, a, a, <laughs> a super inspiring bunch so far this season. So, yeah, th this is not a riskless move here for the Clippers. And, and I don't really know necessarily how things go if it doesn't work out. 
And now, like, regarding whether there is a way that things can work with Rust, yeah, there are. There have been. It is other spots. It just takes a highly specialized, you know, set of circumstances to get it work to a certain extent. And even there, you're still putting kind of a ceiling on what your team is capable of doing. Now, fortunately for the Clippers, Russ isn't on their books for $47 million. And as such, they can fill out the roster as if they have, or, you know, because they'll have uh, him on the minimum, you know, prorated minimum contract that he is going to be on. But even beyond that, he is still seen right now because he is one, but he is seen across the league as a future Hall of Famer. And, you know, you listen to his contemporaries talk about him, and it's a whole bunch of, well, he's so disrespected, and he's so disrespected, and he just gets nothing but disrespect. Um, and and the kind of subtext there is he gets disrespected because nobody talks about him in the way that you have to talk about a future Hall of Fame point guard, even if that future Hall of Fame point guard is diminished and make no two beefs about it. He is diminished. He still can't shoot. He never learned how to shoot over the course of his career. He actually became a worse shooter over the course of his career rather than evolve with the game as his athleticism slipped. We have seen his athleticism dip considerably even in the just like two or so years that he was with the Lakers. Uh, He isn't getting above the rim the way that he used to. He had that one great dunk on uh, <laughs> on Rudy Gobert that everybody really en- enjoyed, myself included. But we're really not seeing him, you know, drive down the lane from the left wing, plant off of two feet, rise up with the ball in his right hand and throw down some monstrous dunk. Like we aren't seeing that play much from Russ anymore. Instead, he's trying to sneak the ball around defenders, under defenders, and, and try to utilize touch that, like I just said a second ago, he never really developed so you don't really have an efficient shooter he's not very efficient around the basket he is still an elite passer uh you know he's still very good at creating opportunities for teammates and that's something that the Clippers have really needed here but uh he still doesn't care about defense the only real way that you can get him to engage is to put him on the other team's best player and hope that he sees it as like a one-on-one machismo kind of thing. And yeah, you can do that, but he's also not gonna, you know, he'll he'll have some plays. We saw it against the Clippers where uh, Darvin Ham put him on uh, Kawhi Leonard and he was really good at working a, a full front and making it so that the Clippers couldn't get Kawhi the ball and that did really kind of help uh, add some momentum to what the Lakers were doing. But as it usually kind of goes with him, he'll create some momentum and then he'll come down and he'll get to the the, the right or the, le- the left wing and he'll say, all right, there, I've, I've done my two good plays. Now it's my turn to, to you know, benefit or, or, or try to, you know, take this heat check that I didn't really necessarily earn. And there goes all that momentum. So, yeah, I... I if they're talking about starting him, those are minutes that aren't going to go to Terrence Mann. Those are minutes that aren't going to go to Bones Highland. Um, if if he's going to be finishing games, those are going to be possessions that aren't uh, Paul George creating stuff when he's their best creative force. So, it, it, look, if Ty Lu can ring, ring, rein him in and he can, you know, and, and maybe Russ 
through the experience of being a Laker, has been humbled to the point where he's more willing to do some of the things that you know lead to winning basketball. But nothing that we have heard reported after the fact here, after his time with the Lakers, would lead one to believe that that's something he's very interested in doing. And until then, and until we see it for like a sustained stretch, because there were stretches where Russ was focused more on some of those things, but it usually gave way to some of the bad habits that, you know, make Russ who he is. So until we see a month, multiple months of Russell Westbrook accepting where he is in his career and understanding what it takes to win basketball games. Yeah. I I don't blame Vegas for saying this made the Clippers a worse team. I'm also really interested to see how things go on April 5th or whenever it is that the Lakers play the Clippers next. Uh, My guess would be that moneylaundering.com arena probably isn't going to respond very well to Russ especially if it's a Lakers home game. But even if it isn't, you know, the, the, the Clippers home games are just Lakers home games with different paint on the walls. But yeah, I, I'm really kind of interested to see how this goes. I really hope, I, I'm fine with booing, like fans booing. Uh, it's funny to see players like respond poorly to, to, to fans booing now. Like that is, that is some personal besmirchment. Uh, no, I, I'm fine with booing. Um, I would just be pretty bummed if it gets too personal, right? I I would be pretty bummed if it gets too ugly there. And we've seen it get ugly with, with, you know, according to Russ's family. And I hope it doesn't reach that point again. Wouldn't surprise me, by the way, if Russ just didn't play in that game. Honestly, as much as I would like to see it go down and I would like to see, you know, what LeBron's response to seeing Russ on a court against him would would go as funny as it would be to see the Lakers go back to not guarding Russ like they did in the playoff series before they acquired him. Uh, I it might just be healthiest if if he just doesn't play in that one. It, now that said, that is going to be one of the last games that the Lakers played this season, and one of the last games that the Clippers play this season. And both teams are going to be playing whether it's in the Lakers' case probably to to fight their way into the playoffs or in the Clippers' case, probably playing for some kind of playoff seeding. Um, but, you know, that's going to be a big game. So if it is a big game, I also, <laughs> because Russ is the competitor that, that he is, I could see him just saying, fuck it, I, I'll deal with the noise that I have to deal with, and I'm going to go out there and be there for my team. And that is the one credit that you really can give Russ for his time with the Lakers is he was always available. You know, he didn't have very many injuries, um, and, and he was always kind of there and available even while LeBron and AD were missing a whole bunch of games. And so that's something that the Clippers can can probably really kind of utilize or, or, or benefit from is, is some more consistency from that position. But even that said, that consistency was kind of consistently bad. So we'll see what that looks like here for him moving forward. And I, I genuinely do. He seems like a good guy staying in L.A., Seems to have been a really high priority for him. And the reason behind that is because of all of the great work that he's doing for L.A. off of the basketball court. It's cool to see that that is going to continue. And and I, le- I do legitimately wish all the best for him, you know, to the extent that I can wish that for a Clippers player. All right. 
That is going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Slowdown. And and to be quite frank, this is probably going to about do it for Russell Westbrook talk on this podcast and, and, and whatever we do moving forward. Maybe occasionally we'll make some kind of snide comment because I can't help myself. Maybe occasionally it'll come up where, you know, he'll say something maybe about the Lakers or whatever, or the Lakers will say something about him or we'll get some new vampire report, whatever it is. Uh, I, for the most part, though, I'm not going to go too far out of my way. The Lakers have way too much on their plate. There is way too much writing, as LeBron said, on these next 23 games. And that's mostly going to be the focus here. So I got all of the Russell Westbrook stuff basically off of my chest here. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And until I talk to you guys next, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.